What is up, everybody, and welcome back to the Pohada Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Matt Browse of Pohada Photography. If you've tuned into this show for a while, you know that outside of the usual Monday episodes, I'll also occasionally put up shorter episodes on Thursdays, including guest posts and event announcements. Today's episode is to announce Minnesota's first ever world-class grappling grand prix Brought to us locally by Zebra Mats and our friend and rolling partner, Michelle Donovan. If you don't know Michelle, she's an OG of this program. Head back to episode 5 if you'd like to get to know her better. The purpose of our conversation today was to announce this tournament and cover as many of the likely asked questions as we could come up with, such as rules, weight classes, and ticket prices. I do, however, want to add one note before I let you jump in and get all the juicy details. Weigh-ins for this event will be held the night before, so Thursday, December 2nd, at Canterbury Expo Center in Shakopee, Minnesota from 7 p.m. to 9 p.m. For those competitors wanting to weigh in day of, local event sponsor and actually host of today's episode, as you'll hear, M-Theory Martial Arts in St. Louis Park, Minnesota will be hosting day of weigh-ins from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. All competitors must be weighed in four hours before the doors open for the event at 6 p.m. Thanks to Michelle, Zebra Mats, and Ignite Fights, for putting this event on and thanks again to M Theory Martial Arts for their generous sponsorship of this event and for letting us steal their office for a half an hour to record this. Without further ado, everything you need to know about the World Class Grappling Grand Prix coming up this December. This time it's not just like a random conversation, so what is this thing you are putting on, Michelle Donovan? It's a world-class grappling Grand Prix. I know it's kind of a tongue twister, but it's in conjunction with another tournament that is down in Florida, which is world-class grappling tournament. So this is like a second location of a previously established thing. Kind of. They're expanding. Kind of, yes. And uh, instead of the tournament, like an IBJJF style tournament, it's more of an event. And it's an elite invite only type of event. And so it's a 16-person tournament. Elite meaning this is going to be black belts competing? Brown belts and black belts. Brown belts and black belts, okay. Some of the, hopefully some of the best that we can get in to uh, to win the grand prize in this uh, tournament. 16 so. competitors. 16 competitors. Yeah. Um, we're going to break it down into four events a year. And so we will have a women's light division, which is under 140. Mm -hmm. And then we're going to have a women's heavy division, which is over 140. And then we will have a men's division, which was under 175. And then a heavy division for men at over 175. Sure. So we'll have a grand prize similar to you know the one that's that's out there right now which is five thousand dollars for this for the winner so all i gotta do is become a brown belt or maybe even a black belt and then sign up and then beat those other people and then i can win five thousand dollars if you're a woman oh. <laughs> the whole point was to have our first event be a women's yes. event yes. because 
there's not a lot out there for women. And it's it's shocking to have a, a grand prize of this amount usually. So, um, Be- because a lot of times women are going to run into a local or even regional competition base that's maybe thin, right at yeah. the brown belt mm-hmm. and black belt level. So you need to draw people from elsewhere, and you draw them with the opportunity one, but also with. $5,000. I mean, yeah. yeah. Um, and that is, you know, I don't know another event that has uh, a high grand prize for women. There's there's tons of grand prizes for men. Like we just, we saw another one for 10000 for third coast grappling, you know. So men have grand prizes, but women don't. And so that was the appeal of trying to fight for a 16-woman bracket. And they also, you know, we made it 16 women because most of the brackets are eight women or eight men. You know, they're eight-people brackets. So makes the makes the pool a little bit deeper, and then you really get to see who has the best jiu-jitsu. 16 people, how many matches do I get? So that would be, if you make it through the whole tournament, that's four matches. Winner won four matches. Yes. Okay. Now, what's different about this style is that it's not your traditional IBJJF or EBI type of um, time for matches where, you know, you go for five minutes to ten minutes and it's a solid block, right? Uh, We blended the rules and matches with freestyle wrestling so that we broke up the time and you're doing... Each match is seven minutes total. So you have three minutes that you're, that you're f- fighting, right, or rolling. And then you have a one-minute break. And then you have another three minutes in there. And so the whole match is divided into two three-minute rounds. So you, if you were a strategic fighter... You could take that first round to not get submitted, but to also feel your opponent and know what their um, their weaknesses are, right? Somebody who's very elite can take that, that first minute and just know what, what needs to be picked out and then start in the next round, and that's what they're gunning for, you know? So it allows you to be probably more strategic or differently strategic than you would otherwise be in a lot of other rule sets. Yeah, absolutely. And the cardio, like think about it. You got four matches, you got three minute spurts. And if you think about positionals when you're in the gym and how hard you go in a positional to get to where you want to get to, that's how hard you're probably going to go these three minutes. I'm already out of breath. (laughs) I can't even. Yeah. So the idea was that, you know, not only do you have the best jujitsu, but you have the endurance and the cardio for that, you know, to get through the whole entire tournament. So there's some other details in the rule sets you probably want to talk about, right? Yeah. Before you do that, what else is going on at this tournament? Oh, we have men's super matches that we are going to be doing in between the rounds for the women tournament. Um, so for each tournament, the opposite sex will have, uh, you know, super matches that we'll be having to kind of showcase the local fighters and to still make it so that we have both men and women on a, 
on an event. What uh, levels is that open up to? Um, purple and above. So purple, brown, and black belt males. Um, we initially had it as no gi because we wanted to have the differing, you know, women's is going to be in the gi and then men's in the no gi. But we're open to kind of working with it if there's somebody as a preference like, no, I really only train in gi. That's okay. We'll work with you. If, if we want you on the card, we'll work with it. So the 16 woman bracket is largely by invitation only. Is that what I'm hearing? Correct. Is the are the super matches in between the same way, or is that going to be like an open sign up? Correct. So everybody has to apply. Everybody can go and apply um, if you meet the credentials, and then uh, I go through and I filter filter through kind of I don't know I creep your Instagram find out what you've done what your <laughs> what what accomplishments you've had I try to match you with somebody that has equal uh, accomplishments to make it you know entertaining that's the idea is we want it to be entertaining and we also want it to be simple enough for spectators who know nothing about jujitsu to be able to come and enjoy it and watch it as well let's talk Rule set details. Mm, mm-hmm. So we got the two three minute rounds with the one minute break, mm-hmm. like wrestling. Yep, yep. What else is going to be unique here? What's really unique, and I think that this is a game changer, is uh, the penalties. So typical penalties in an IBJJF tournament are you know you get a warning and then you get DQ'd. Um, in say EBI, your Uh, penalties could be disqualification and then they have the overtime rules so we kind of blended everything together to put uh, a different type of penalty system together and the first penalty you know you everybody gets a warning and and then after that if you get another penalty then your opponent gets to choose a position out of the listed of approved positions um, that they want to start in, which anybody in jiu-jitsu knows that that is huge. Like, you you could be on top of me, but if you had a penalty and then you get your second penalty because you're stalling or something like that, so let's say you're in mount, then I get to come in and, and choose a position that I want to start from, which we just flip the match, essentially, you know? So it it's trying to prevent people from um, stalling to keep it dynamic and keep it moving. Yeah, because even if I, if I score a disadvantage on the point scale of things, I can still sort of make up for that by playing the game right through the rest of the match. Yeah. The, the penalty really isn't like a penalty. Like, I might start in just as advantageous a position as I was in, depending on, you know, our, our relative skill sets. This really puts the penalty on yeah. the line. I, I lose 10 yards, so to speak. I'm, I'm getting pushed back. Exactly. And um, that'll be huge for any high-level athlete, you know? Because they don't, most people don't want to lose their position. So then hopefully you're going to roll like that and you're not going to stall. You're not going to, um, you know, do anything illegal that could get you a penalty, you know. What else? As far as the point system, the point system is different too. We simplified it, or at least tried to simplify it, by saying there's no advantages, um, we took out sweeps 
sweet points. We took out passing the guard points. And we took out uh, neon belly points. So where the hell are my points? They are mount, back control, and side control. But it's going to be in a different sense of than passing guard. So most people, they're like, well, passing guard is getting to side control. But that's not establishing side control. So you pass the guard, you pass the feet, you get to side control. And that's why you get your points. But in this sense, let's say that you, Matt, are on top side control. Mm-hmm. Now, <laughs> if anybody knows what you look like and I look like, this is hilarious. Uh, we just did this in <laughs> class, so it's less hilarious than you might think because those knees came right back into the mix. Uh, but let's say that I didn't get my knees back in mm-hmm. and I'm just sitting in bottom side control, but I reverse the position. Because there are there are reversals because right. people don't consider them sweeps, but there are reversals where I can dump you and come straight up top into side control. And actually, Akila just did this to me earlier today. Yeah. So um, this is all very pertinent. At, it it at this is moment. because I looked at her and I go, "This would get you two points in the tournament." And so that's what makes it different is that that in IBJJF would just be considered a reversal, sure. not two points for a sweep quote unquote yeah. but it is side control so how many give me the point scores for the things you listed that i get points for so for mount you're getting your typical four points okay back control you're getting your typical four points and for side control you're getting two points now where we get a little tricky which uh, for those that don't do jujitsu would maybe not understand is takedowns. So you get points for takedowns, but they're varying degrees. So if I come in and I, let's say, osotogari you, right? I get two points for the takedown, but I get two points for landing in side control as well and establishing side control. Because nine times out of ten, when you do osotogari, you're in side control. Let's say that you go in for a double leg. And the distinction you're making is you don't just get points for the takedown there. You get the credit for where you ended up as a result of the takedown. Exactly. Okay. Yep. Um, so it makes it more worthwhile. And hopefully competitors will be like, well, I'm just going to stay up on my feet and I'm going to try to take you down because I'm going to get the most points out yep. of that. Right. If I can work to mount now, I've got eight points. Exactly. And that, that puts you up ahead. So I'm sorry, what would you say? Single leg after that or double leg? I said I said double leg, Kay. but we could take it from a, sure. you know. A second example, either way. Yeah, exactly. Um, if you get, if you do a double leg and it's very rare, but you end up in a mount position, right? You get two points for the takedown, but you also get four points for the mount. So same situation. You get the points for the type of, the varying degree of, uh, the takedown. So, um, the referee has all the authority in this match. And so they can, at any point, call your penalties. And you can't argue with this. They'll call your points. You said I can. Cannot. I cannot. Cannot. Damn it. <laughs> um, so, that's something that I want to make clear so that nobody has any um, 
they're not tempted to argue about the rule set. You should be reading the rule set and knowing what it is prior to competing to this event and knowing what to do. And that just keeps the show rolling. Exactly. Um, and then if when you when you have a good referee, they're going to be able to tell when you have the intent of stalling, right? You get to mount and you're like, I'm comfortable here. I've got 30 seconds left. I'm just going to sit here. But that's not going to be the case because you're going to be called on a penalty. And then if you get called on another penalty, which is when your opponent gets to choose another position, let's say that the match ends like right at that point because you're like, I got 30 seconds, I'm going to wait it out. But you get your second penalty like five seconds before. That's okay. We're going to carry that over to the next round where that's where that's going to start. So it, it makes you not want to stall and hold your positions where we know that sometimes in IBJJF or other tournaments that's you know you want to get somewhere where you're comfortable and you kind of hold because you're tired or so on if I'm in a dominant position and I'm up on points I don't want to risk losing either of those things so it sounds like we're trying to incentivize more fighting more active fighting and disincentivize all of the silliness yeah that's exactly what we're trying to do and then it makes it more entertaining for your for your audience. It also changes you as a, a jujitsu athlete as well because you're training different for it. Or at least I would like to think that you would be training differently for it. I suppose we could talk about... Uh What's the benefit for the athletes besides the tournament? Um, We have a grand prize for the tournament and for the 16 competitors. But for the super matches that we'll be doing for the opposite sex, you know, ticket sales, right? Ticket sales, we, we want to be able to keep these events coming around. And how do we do that? By all of the athletes selling tickets and bringing in people. And they get 20% of their ticket sales. They get 40% of their table and ringside ticket sales, which is a a large chunk compared to what I've seen in other events. I don't know that I've seen 20 and 40% commission on ticket sales. Most of the time it's 10. So It's just a, another chance to earn off of this event. Yeah, yeah. Technically. Mm-hmm. Making money. Exactly. And to be able to keep the event coming back every every year, you know? Um, like and, I said. And building a great little community, a great audience, a great event for the thing. You know, nothing wrong with the X percentage take home, but also people in the stands cheering yeah. you on. You know, it goes a long way, too. Absolutely. Not to mention, uh, honestly, how often do you get to have something in the Midwest like this come? Besides Fight to Win that rotates through, um, we could bring something that is four times a year and bring in top athletes. You know, we build a name and we, we keep this going. It just builds the community and puts the Midwest on the map for jujitsu and a location for people that want to come to it. Right now, you've got Florida. California, Texas, and, and even Chicago, right? But nobody comes to Minnesota for Min- events. Yeah, but Minneapolis, <laughs> yeah, that's the, that's the stop there. Yep. So it helps to bring 
Bring it and keep it. Well, we have such a, uh, at least in my opinion, gigantic and strong jujitsu community in the Twin Cities and greater Minnesota. Like it may as well be a stop for national level talent and regional talent to do their thing. Absolutely. And um, what I have found is that not all competitors get the chance to go and travel for competition. So if it's something that's local, we can bring out the good talent in the Midwest, you know, where it's cheaper for them to come and do a tournament and showcase. This is going to be a pay-per-view event. So the exposure for an athlete is good if you know how to market yourself and, and brand yourself, you know. So you you have that ability with this event to to make it a big event, but also for yourself as well. Pay-per-view, that sounds really cool to a 90s kid. What? Uh, where do I find that? So it's on... MMAfutures.com. That's where the pay-per-view is. And obviously there'll be a specific link that will be widely available, probably in the show notes of this eventually and, you know, all that social media business too. Correct. You can find it at Ignite. Um, that's their... Ignite is the promotion that is throwing throwing the event with zebra so ignite and zebra came together to put this put this event on um ignite was formerly driller and he rebranded got together with zebra where we got to help each other and uh put on something that you know would be for jujitsu. Typically, he does MMA events, and on Saturday there is an MMA event. So check that out as well. They'll be having um, MMA and Muay Thai, I believe, on Saturday. So Friday night's going to be jujitsu. Saturday is going to be striking. That's what I'll say. Uh, tickets for this, as far as cost for them if anybody's interested general admission is $40 reserve seating is 70 and then table and ringside is 100 per seat with eight seats at a table do I do I get a table like me and my friends have to get get together me and seven friends that I fictionally have get together and, and have to get a table or can I just be a solo person at the table you can be a solo person at the table um so if you only want to you know pick your ticket we'll put you closer to the event we'll put you know people that have single or double tickets and kind of a table together unless people buy tables together which let's can go in that way but otherwise yeah so the best way to support your fighters or your competitors is you've got a couple of people from your gym that are going to be competing. Talk to each other, talk to the gym and say, Hey, let's buy a few tables for X. Let's buy a few tables for Y. That way they both get commission and they both get paid for that. So going in on a table is ideally the best for fighters. Not to mention, I just said that they get a 40% commission. So that's a high commission on a table. So when I get online to order a ticket, there's a spot where I would select the fighter I want to support, so to speak. Yep. And that's at, uh, 
Nitro Tickets. So NitroTickets.com. Yes. Is that what it is? Yeah. So we'll have a link to that as well between the pay-per-view and the and the tickets. Yep. Um, any T- Tell me the three like levels of tickets again. I'm sorry. Yeah. So general admission. That's and just I get seated kind of back there a ways. Mm-hmm. I and get then, to see the fights, but I'm back there a ways. Yes. And then the reserved, which will be right bef- like the section before general admission where sure. they get closer, right? Yeah. So you get a little bit better better view. Yeah. And then it's going to go tables in a ring around the cage and then ringside. Ringside? Mm-hmm. So I can get sweat on by my favorite local yes. brown belt as yeah. they fight to victory or something. Yes. It's fantastic. You can get thrown a towel and get it signed later. Um, <laughs> is that a thing? <laughs> I don't know. I have no idea. We're trying our best here. We are. Um, I don't know. That's you know, we're just trying to get people to sign up. I have plethora of men that are interested in in this event they were the first to to sign up so it was it was actually kind of shocking and the push for the women like we really need we need you women to build this up and if you keep if you want prizes and equality on something we got to get the word out we got to fill this event we need we need you well and yeah, you are the showcase. You're the reason for this event. This is your time to shine, right? Exactly. Let's go. And why not for five thousand dollars? Yeah, even you know? a, a slim chance at five grand, I'm in. And right? what I mean to take the chance, not to mention, if you have the mindset of myself, I would love the opportunity to fight against top level athletes let's just say for example we got like talita allen Carr, right if we could get her to come to this event i would take that chance to compete against her just because just because i could say that i competed against talita you know or even if say i lose you got your ass handed to you exactly it's a cool story yeah and th- it's, it's just like rounds in the gym but think of the things you learn those little tiny details you oh, feel yeah. and notice in a match with somebody at that level you know it's a great, that's like a, a really aggressive private lesson, right? <laughs> that's a good way to think of it. Yeah, I mean, yes. Let, let's, so let's say somebody like that comes out. Tell me about travel concerns, travel costs. Yeah, so it's kind of a case-by-case basis. We want to bring in top athletes, but we also have a budget too. So in most cases, you know, it's going to be something like we cover your hotel, or we give you a portion to cover your um, airfare, something like that. But n- not in in the early events, it's not going to be full travel budget like EBI. EBI has the budget to be able to just fly everybody and take care of everything. Now, s- now they do. Yes. Odds are, first couple years, it wasn't quite that. Exactly. I mean, I'm sure it was a bit of a draw just because of... You know, everybody the knows name. Eddie Bravo and that whole thing. But, you know, you start where you start and you improve from there. So, exactly. Yeah. So the bigger that this gets, the bigger the budget. The more people sign up, the bigger it gets. Exactly. So we are willing to cover at least part 
to help you because we want to bring in athletes and we want you know them to come to Minnesota, make it a stopping point for us. So if I want to, who, who do I contact to find out details about that when I'm interested in coming from California or something to do this tournament? Yeah, everything is me. You contact Ooh. me, uh, Michelle Donovan. The Michelle Donovan. The, the, the Michelle Donovan. How do they get a hold of Michelle Donovan? Uh, you can reach me on Facebook, social media, social media, social media, uh, Facebook. Facebook, social media. Is that a boomer moment? It's on that <laughs> it Facebook, social media. Um, I was like, how do you? I was like, I was about to give out my number and I'm like, mm, let's not do that. <laughs> you got an uh, email that you use for that? Yes, I do have an email. Uh, it's Michelle Donovan, and that's D-O-N-O-V-A-N 630 at gmail.com. Or on Facebook. And all, Instagram. already friends with you on Facebook, so that's no big deal. Mm-hmm. And Instagram is? Michelle Donovan BJJ. At Michelle Donovan BJJ. I hope I got those right. That would be a really boomer moment we if will I did not. <laughs> put all these things in the show notes, all pertinent uh, contact info and websites and all that stuff down in the show notes. And then just Google Ignite Promotions at, at the very Zebra. least, right? Yeah, but at the very least, you can go to Zebra's website because that's where you're going to apply regardless. Yep. What's that website? It is... Zebraathletics.com backslash ignite dash grappling dash grand dash pre. Pricks at the end there, right? Yes. <laughs> so that is where you're going to apply. That's where you're going to find the rules. That's where you're going to find um, most of the information that we're talking about right now. On that website. That's the central landing page that I need to know about. Exactly. You'll see all of our sponsors. You'll see, um, you know, what the details are, the date. I don't even think we actually talked about the date. Do uh, people need to know the date? <laughs> you might need to know that yeah. if you want to come in. When, when is it? It's in prime Minnesota weather. It is Friday, December 3rd. Oh, it's balmy warm, December 3rd. It is. I thought you were going to say February, because now we're cooking. That is true. Late That's January, the February. Yep. Ooh, so December 3rd. Correct. What time? It doors open at 6 o'clock. Matches will start at 7. Where? At Canterbury Park in Shakopee, Minnesota. That's... Uh, yeah, come get some drinks beforehand. Get yourself settled. I'm already then, planning on that part. Yeah. Yeah. What else do I need to know about this? Straggler details. I'm trying to think what I would ask if I was interested in this. I am interested in this. I'm trying to think of what I would ask if I was interested in competing in this. Yeah. My last plea is to... Go to Ignite social media, like their page so that you can stay up to date with who's going to have fights because that's where we're going to put out the competitors and then uh, share their posts, share Ignite's post, 
get the word out so that we can get people interested. Uh, the applications are open until November 15th, but I can't guarantee you something if, it, if you come November 14th at 10 o'clock p.m. and you're like, I'm going to apply now. I might already have a bunch of matches already made and there's no room. One thing I will say to add to this is that the, the male super matches that we're doing is going to be limited. So I only have X amount of time for an event, which is going to be taken up by the tournament. So to squeeze matches in between rounds, I'd say I only have about 10 to 15 that I can get on the card. So it's not going to be like a fight to win uh, event where you have 30 to 40 you know, matches. So it's going to be picky and choosy. And I like that. Like, let's get a few good matches set up. Let's burn through it. A couple of beers along the way for those of us in the crowd. Anyway, yeah. You know, have a good time, enjoy it, and be done with it. Yes. I We didn't want to have an event that was going to be a five-hour-long event. Cause... Uh, like a UFC card. We need mm-hmm. three different network subscriptions and, and 12 hours of a day, you know. It's too much. Exactly. We wanted to we wanted to keep it manageable, but still for you to have a good time, understand what's going on, watch some good good athletes, good matches. So come. Indeed. Sounds like it's gonna be awesome. I hope so. I hope so. That's that's the intent. Thanks, Michelle. Thank you.